Amen. The same today. Word of God will distill upon every person here and every person that will listen on tapes by here, that will hear by the word of mouth. That will read this in books, generations to come. 30, 40 years down the line, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. By faith in the word, we agree for a powerful service. Nobody's left the same. People who are not saved will be saved. Sick bodies healed by the power of God. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. You may be seated. Look up somebody, greet the person, tell the person you're in church. Tell the person it's for real. This is no joke. You're right here at service. Hallelujah. Let's see ourselves the book of truth. Sit back and relax. Listening on the word of God. Listening on the word of God. Tell somebody. Tell somebody that um, this is church. If you've been missing Wednesdays and Fridays because of um, legitimate or illegitimate reasons, you are doing yourself disservice. People don't love to be told that they miss when they don't come to church. I know that most Christian people, most parishioners in church, never want to be told the truth. Paul said, have I become your enemy because I have told you the truth? One thing you advise not to do in church as a pastor, by older pastors who have good experiences, is that you should not confront your members with the truth. You should just more cuddle them with winsome about it, encourage them whether they're right or wrong, so you can have a big church and milk them of their hard and resources. Money, money is the key. Money, 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 money. Somebody say money. How many of you like money? Okay, everybody in church. How many of you here hate money? Nobody. How many of you can get money by all means? Whatever. Just once it's money. He has no color. He does not stink. I'm, I'm, I'm not raising my head because I don't want to feel shame for you. I don't want to feel shame for you yet. How many of you here are willing to get money at all costs? Okay, you don't want to be um, too open in church. You rather say that to yourself that I want to get money at all costs. How many of you believe that the love of money is the root of all evil? Okay. Alright. How many of you don't believe? You don't believe that money pretends any danger. Just raise your hand. You didn't raise your hand first time. You didn't say first time. You didn't first time. Esnet does not believe. Money is good for everything. Who else did not, did not signify? Fair on me. Okay, you are raising your hand now that money is just good. You should not be called bad. Paul said at Galatians 1 verse 16, um, I therefore become your enemy 
because I tell you the truth. If you reprove a scorner, you get yourself to a block. Reprove. A righteous man, he will increase wisdom. Reprove. A simple man, he will hate you. I thank God that you are in this place today. Thank God that you have a privilege to hear the word. One thing we must realize is that we have been delivered into God's scheme of things. As you are today, God has a specific plan for your life. He has a specific way he wants to run your life. He's not going to abandon you. He's not going to backstab you. He will watch, watch your back. He has a plan and a purpose for you. First Corinthians 1 and verse 31. Whatsoever you do, whether you eat or drink, do all to the glory of God. Do all to the glory of God. Whatsoever you do. There's this verse. I in church. First Corinthians 10 and verse 23. Very similar to what you find at First Corinthians 6 and verse 12. Are you there? All things are lawful to me, but all things are not beneficial. Expedient, like the KJB will say. Permissible or good. One version says edify. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are beneficial. All things are lawful for me, but all things do not edify. One version of the Bible, WEB says, All things are lawful for me, but not all things are profitable. All things are lawful for me, but not all things build up. Very close to 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 12. However, 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 12 adds a rider to it. Here on this earth, all things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient or beneficial. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. I will not be controlled. I will not be controlled by any. Whatsoever you do, whether you eat or drink, do all to the glory of God. Does it glorify God is a question. You have to ask basically. Never ask questions. Does it fill my pocket? Does it satisfy my mouth? Perhaps if you were all by yourself, you can do this. But once you have your life in God's reckoning and God's agenda, God has a scheme for your life. I think sometimes the reason why most of us don't get it right early is because we don't believe that God has a plan for our lives. You don't believe God is taking you somewhere. You just, you are in a hurry to leave. You are in a hurry to leave. Many of you are living life hurriedly. You are living life by a circumspect chance. 
You are living life in the zone of probabilities. Are you sure you get there? Are you sure you get there? Well, it was not even sure. In the first place, we're not even sure we're going to make heaven. One of the most rascally things we are told, one of the most dubious things we are told is the uncertainty of heaven. You're not even sure you're going to make heaven. Because every inch of the way, you are warned cautiously, you are terrified, you are scared up. You're not even sure. You're not even sure. Some folks respect someone like Enoch Adigari Adeboye. You say, add you. I'll add you later. Why not pastor? Later too. Most of you are reverential of him. My father-in-law said some time ago that he got to the campground, he had an issue with his car and then he laid his hands upon the floor and said, by the name of the God of this ground. Some of us are in absolute reverence of such a man like this. Now, when at a camp meeting, Pastor Enoch begins to pray, God, have mercy upon me, I want to make heaven. I want to make heaven, my God. What would you do? If Adeboye cannot make it, then nobody can on earth. If Kumuyis pray for the mercy of God, then where will you find yourself? You know it's not possible. If before a crowd of one million, Adeboye says, Father, have mercy upon me, I cannot make it, then who can make it? Who can make it? If Ted Hegard, president of the Pentecostals, in America is found to be a homosexual who can make it. Albert Odulele is a Nigerian. Pastor of a church at UK, homosexual, who can make it. Robert Laadon saw Jesus at 12 years old. Streaming in the river of life with Christ Jesus, Claire Christa. Homosexual, who can make it? Can you make it, brother? Will you make it, sister? The trumpet is about to sound. Who shall stand? When the fearsomeness wrath of God comes upon the world and the Lord says to even the men of God who have won souls, I never knew you. Who can make it? Who can make it, brother? Brother, small brother, you are in stage dancing. Can you make it? Small brother, can you make it? You are laughing now. Will you laugh on that day before the Lord and his wrath? Brethren, you are all laughing. Who can make it? Church is such a dubious place. Nobody is certain. Such a confusing place. You come to church, you live very sad. There are several Christians who have stopped attending church for legitimate reasons. Very unwinding and confusing and dubious. A song sends the wrong signal. Savior, Savior here. My home will cry. Sobbing. Drenched with sweat and tears mixed together. Mucus and phlegm. Mucus from the nostrils and phlegm from the, from the thorax. 
Who can stand the fierce wrath of God? Savior, Savior, hear my humble cries. While or not does thou art calling, do not pass me by. Which simply means you can be passed by. Wrong signals. This is why we are not good Christians. You can never be committed to such a place of confusion. It is impossible to have the right channel and strength of commitment to such a place where you are not sure. It's just like investment. Some folks lost at the era of the Wonder Bank. Interestingly, it's not the very first time in Nigeria we've had such multi-level marketing structures of financial involvement that ended in a fraud. I, at least I know not less than four or five. And yet when it happened recently, several people were swayed with the same power of deceit. Whoever wants to try again this year should try. Who have his head snubbed up and, and sacrificed at the shrine of Jesus Christ. If you come to this church and tell me now to come and invest into some kind of dubious wonder bank thing, I will not allow. Not because I was taken over by the first one, but because I know you're a thief. Once beating someone says ten times shy. So, would you ever want to be committed to church where nobody is sure what will happen tomorrow? This is why you're serious. You just slack in the church, slack out, look for miracles, do your best because nobody is sure. The pastors are not sure. If you think the pastor is sure, ask any pastor you find tomorrow or today. Say, pastor, would you make heaven? The answer is glaring, very convincing. No, I'm not sure. Very uncertain. Just like they handle the word of God with such careful, discretionary deceit. Nobody is sure whether it's reliable or not. Your speech are very incoherent. Very incoherent. Very wavy. Shady. Unclear. Blood. You can't leave church and be sure God's word is for real. You can't. You leave church doubting. Sometimes you leave church and just in a moment of time, you forget all you ever had because it's all trash. And you face real things. You know your sufferings are very real. You are broke, so it's real. You've been jilted, it's real. Some of you here, somebody here has been jilted. And you are feeling very bad right now. Because all the while you were deceiving people about your relationship. Now it's hitting you in the face. Nobody knows. Oh, somebody, somebody knows. But others will get to know. You've been jilted. Thank God you were jilted on time. The person jilted should thank the Lord. He or she has been jilted on time. Say thank you Jesus. Somebody say thank you Jesus. Say if I will be jilted. I trust the Lord. I'll be jilted on time. You can't say it. You're afraid. <laughs> I thank the Lord. Say I thank the Lord. If I. Will be jilted. I'll be jilted on time. Amen. What a prayer to pray. Would you love to say. I'll never be jilted. Then you're insincere. Would you love to say that it's going to be smooth, fair weather? I don't think so. These things have I spoken unto you that yet been present with you in me. He might have peace for in the world you would have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He said, my peace I give to you. My peace I live with you. Not as the world giveth peace. Give I unto you. Let the 
let your heart be troubled. Don't let your heart be ever afraid. You have to be bold. John 16, 33, John 14, 27, John 14 and verse 1. Let your heart be terrified and be afraid. No. God has given to you 2 Timothy chapter number 1 and verse 7. The spirit of fear, of timidity, of, of, of exasperation, of confusion. No. Be bold, trust in the Lord. I did not say be careless. I did not say be careless and inconsiderate. That you are not anxious does not mean you trust the Lord. I only said trust him. Hallelujah. You can move to this side. You don't have to bend like that. Move to this side. Sit, sit in, the, in your seat here. This is your seat. <laughs> okay, you glorious front seat for real people like you. Thank you, Jesus. Brother Oliver is the chairman of church. How many of you believe? Thank you very much. You have a vote. You have a large vote. And trust the Lord that Oliver will once become the president of this nation and believe in God. Oh, you have been jealous already? Let's get there first now. You are so jealous you can't even say amen for him. Okay, I'm trusting God that you all in this church will become president of this nation. Ah. I don't even know what to say again. No. Okay, receive it in Jesus' name. Ah, I don't know what they believe in this church. Okay, you'll be rich. you become billionaires by the power of God in Jesus' name. Amen. I've said it for you. I've been sharing about Paul and his epistles and something very important that Paul would never leave out of his epistles is the fact that Paul would always prayerfully tell them he's prayerfully thanking God on their behalf. And this is very vital. That the most important thing about your life now is not the fact that you have been jilted. It's not the fact that you, you, you need to pay some debts. I have a lot of debts hanging on my neck. So that you need to buy some new clothing or a new car. So that you need to build a small house or build church. Or put some bouquet or box of flowers here. And some other light to illuminate this place as a temporary shrine of holiness. There are more important things and there is one very important thing about your life. Second Corinthians because I need to get it across to you. The moment, look, I'm looking at your face and something is coming to my mind. And it's so easy to say, ah, you are looking downcast. What's wrong with you? In fact, let's put that aside. I was just remembering the fact that you have a serious problem with school. Oh, boy. You're not looking. You don't look radiant today. You're looking pale-faced. But then I remember you told me that your fiancé disgaraged you and he has, he's engaged to your friend. Your friend stole your fiancé. 
How many of you can still love people who steal from you? Can you still love a friend who has stolen your fiancé? All the brothers are saying yes. Okay, let's talk about the sisters. Would you love somebody who steals your husband? Sisters. Somebody takes your husband for a husband. Raise your hand above your head. Can you walk in love towards the person? Bessie says yes. Fumi, are you sure? You want God to move you to that level so you can experience this grace? You want, God, you want it to happen to you so you can experience the grace? It can never happen to you. What if it happens to you? Can you love the person who takes your husband and marries your husband? Legitimately, the person marries your husband and your husband leaves the house and begins to produce children with the person. You will love them. I mean, absolute love. Like Christ loved you. Okay, you were not worth the mercy of God. I was not worth the mercy of God, yet Christ loved us. You don't really know what it means to forgive till you are really badly hurt. I think some of us define forgiveness under the grounds of if somebody if somebody does not respond to greeting at church, if I say, hi sister, I'm tired, then you have hurt me. Okay, forgive me. Right, I forgive you. <laughs> On such grounds, I can't forgive any sin. If somebody is chewing gum in church or candy to keep awake, you say, can I have a share? Or like somebody would say, please can I have a spare gum? Let me just have a spare bubble gum there. And the person says, I'm not going to give you, you are too greedy. And you are very angry. And I know church, you say, I don't like what you said today. What do you mean I'm greedy? I just want to say, okay, I forgive. I forgive. I forgive. I forgive. We always look on forgiveness with such heart, heart, heart. It says, be tender hearted one to another. Kind one to another. Ephesians 4, verse 32, tender hearted. Forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake. Well, you and I were unlovable. The person to forgive and to love is the person who is unlovable. Jesus forgave the unlovable. You are not practically working in forgiveness until you can love the unlovable. Oh God. It's, it's deliberate. Forgiveness is deliberate. Colossians, uh, let me, Ephesians 1 verse 32. Let's learn something quickly about this then. I'll preach what I was planning to preach. Colossians 3.13, Ephesians 1 verse 32. 32. Then Colossians 3 and verse 13. Let's start from Ephesians. Let's, let's learn from specifically NIV or NLT. So we can use some of these other versions later. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving, one, forgiving each other. Just as in Christ, God forgave you. Deliberate. There's something we want to learn about Christ's forgiveness. It was deliberate. Forgiveness can never work till it's deliberate. You know, offenses are deliberate. Somebody offends you and then you, 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 you find the implication. You find the, the pain. You assess the damage done to your ego and your person, your physical body, your emotions, your pocket. 
Somebody dupes you, defrauds you of some money. Somebody steals your passport, travels abroad. Unmarried brother, he will never let go. He's lived in bitterness over the years. You know what happened to him? He got a friend while at 100 level. They were just friends. He just met, they became friends. By 200 level, they began to share room. Then they had some businesses together. They were making some little money and they were, they were helping themselves. He worked for his friend. There were just two of them. So at the end of it all, they served in different places. Then they agreed. Let's gather money. Let's gather money. And do whatever. Let one of us go to UK. It's easier to get into UK than US. Then make money. And then the second person joins. So they agreed. And the, the other man said, I first. I first. So they gathered, borrowed, took money, took loans, sold their clothing, sold everything they had, sent brother A to UK. The man was there for the first one year, no news, no communication, no mail, no letter. After two years, he says to his friend and said, I want to get married, I'm coming home to get married. The man said, ah, alright, wait, do you, was this the plan? Ah, it's two years already now. The man said, it is not easy. I'm finding things very difficult. It's too difficult. My friend, I've not forgotten our deal and agenda. I'm coming back to get married. Ha! But I'm supposed to join you now. So if the Lord wills, and if God tarries, I shall pull thee to myself at the appropriate time. The vision is for an appointed time. Tarry. Though it stay long, it shall come and it shall speak for itself. The man said, but we planned that tarry. Why hurry if you can tarry? Tarry. Why hurry if you can tarry? Tarry. So the man tarried. Third year he came, got married in Nigeria, flew abroad. After four years, the man called him again and said, ah, all right. Is this how it was? This is what we said? He said, why hurry if you can tarry? Four years. He said, I have very small savings. I just have 15,000 pounds now. Just small savings. When I hit 100,000 pounds, I'll call you over. The man came to me very embittered. And then he remained. After a while, he got some other links and he went to USA himself. Forgiveness has to be deliberate. Like Jesus. How did Jesus forgive us? Jesus did not forgive us by merely thinking less of our issues. Jesus did not forgive us by just being inconsiderate of our cantankerous mannerisms, our vile behavior, and our um, depraved nature. Jesus Christ forgave us deliberately by dying for our sins. If you are going to forgive like Christ forgave, you have to deliberately tackle head on issues that you find offensive and make up your mind, I want to forgive this person. I want to let go of the heart. This means I don't want to have any sense or iota of resentfulness anymore. One thing that feels, that feels, that supports, one thing that um, oxygenates 
the inferno, the fire, the consuming fire of unforgiveness is brooding over issues. It just comes to you again what the person did. Then you are all over again mad at the person. Angry. Sullen, sucking, sad. You breathe it. Your ego is offended. You are sad. Your temper begins to rise. The hormones begin to walk. Then you are plotting a revenge in your mind. Now, when this happens to you, make up your mind and say to yourself, I have forgiven her. I have forgiven him. Dispel of such thoughts. If you will think less of people who have crossed your path, who have crossed your toes, who have got your ox, who have offended, if you will think less of what they've done towards you, you think more of forgiveness. Forgiveness is deliberate. Colossians 3 and verse 13 quickly. Forgiveness is deliberate. I want us to have a bunch of people who walk in love, who forgive. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. How should you forgive? Forgive like God. What I'm telling you is not cheap. It's not fine on the corridors of motivational speaking. What I've just told you is not found on the corridors of receive it, receive it, amen. It's not found on the corridors of cheap prophecies. Don't <laughs> share the Lord. Hey, I God, I'm afraid of Boko Haram. That we all are afraid. What I just told you is not cheap. Is actual Christian living. To be able to forgive those who offend you is Christianity. You must learn it from the word. I know what it means to be hot, and I know you know too. Very badly offended. He refused to sign my form, and I lost the job. He refused to sign my papers, and I had to repeat the course, repeat the class. I failed the examination. Lost the scholarship. He implicated my son and he was jailed for 10 years. Ripped a relation. Put the person in the family way. Put me in the family way. I lost out on, on schooling. Today, I'm 45 years old. GS3 certificate holder. So difficult to forgive people that hurt you, except you are doing it as the Lord did. If you are going to do it as Toby or Fumi or Emmanuel, it will never work. If you take it home and say, Mama, do you know what they did? And Mama says, Forgive them, it will never work. You have to do it with the potency of Christian culture within you and say, this is what this person did. Someone says, I will not forgive, I will only forget. 
How possible? You possibly cannot forget a hurt against you when it's serious hurt. You can only leverage on the potency of forgiveness you have as a Christian. Forbearing one another in love with the bowels of mercies and forgiving one another even as God for Christ's sake did forgive you. As he did forgive, so do ye also. Deliberately forgive. Forgiveness is deliberate. The Christian must learn the path of forgiveness. We can't be talking about a powerful Christian on the grounds of Garula's statement. We can't. I know that what people call, I'm a good Christian. I'm a good Christian. It's such a thing as violent prayers. Prayers that make no sense. Every devil die. How many devils have died since then? Would you ever learn the stupidity and the folly of pastors? Every enemy die. How many enemy has died over the years? Would you learn that it's all joke? Church play pastorate. Every enemy in your life die. I'm wondering what exactly is wrong with you sometime, pastor. You don't learn to be a forgiving person with such frivolous ideology of church. When the chips are laid down, all those nonsense disappear from your mind. You become your real self. You can't forgive. And if you cannot work in forgiveness, you cannot work in power. The powerful Christian is a Christian who has Christian coordinates functioning appropriately. Functioning well. Just like a good person who is learned. A servant, for example. A genius. A servant. A servant or a genius is somebody who has some appropriate part of the brainstem working extensively, productively and exhaustively. You can't be a Christian because you shout at church or because you go to the mountain to pray and pray nonsense or because you pray power down. You pray power down, the power does nothing. I preached on Friday what to look out for in power. We're talking about the blind seeing, the deaf hearing, the lame legs walking, growth disappearing, boils disappearing, changes coming, growth vanishing in bodies. I just, Daddy, this person came to this church today. He said he was having something, something else somewhere. Something, something went to something. He said, What is the thing? He says the thing, sir. What are you doing? So insulting to the grace and the power of the Spirit of God. Walk in humility. Walk in Christ's consciousness. Forgive like Christ did forgive. Like Christ did forgive. Forgive like Christ did forgive. Then you're walking. You're walking. Hallelujah. First Corinthians chapter 1 verse 4. See Paul. First Corinthians 1 and verse 4. See Paul. When I see you. Something comes to my mind. Oh, this is beautiful. We ought to understand Bible emphasis. If you must walk the miracles Christ walked, then you must live the life he lived. Empowered like he has been. If you, are, if you have been empowered that Christ is empowered, then live the life he lived, then you walk in miracles. If you must walk in the style of Christianity, you must appreciate your status and who you are. 
You are just the way you are today because you are a guy or because you are a girl. The more conscious of your gender, the most likely you are able to walk within the confines of fidelity. The more conscious you are. The more conscious you are. The more conscious you are, I'm, I'm, I'm a girl, I'm responsible, I have integrity. The more you are able to walk within the confines of fidelity, even naturally. I'm convinced in my mind that if whom you are as a Christian would dawn upon you fully, you are going to be better in your walk with God. I thank God. I'm just happy about your life. I'm just, I'm just glad. You look like whom God made you. You look like a person for whom Christ died. You look like somebody for whom a price was paid. You look like somebody with a tag on your life. You look like somebody who has been separated for the best of God. You look good because God has done you good. Hebrews 10 and verse 14. You just, you look like somebody for whom much has been invested. You look like somebody somebody suffered for. You look like somebody that the colossal quality of spiritual quantity has been dissipated upon. Somebody did something on your behalf that is great. You look like somebody for whom much has been given. You look like somebody that has been touched by the breath of heaven. You remind me of somebody for whom Christ became poor the maker of heaven and earth, the maker of the visible and the invisible, the maker of the real and the unreal, the maker of the fathomable and the unfathomable, the maker of the so real and the absolutely real and the tangible and the subtangible and the material, the physical and the feasible, the maker of matter, the maker of life beyond matter, You've been touched by heaven and blessed by the grace of God. The person to whom the, old, the, the earth belongs, the person who made the entire heaven and earth became poor that you through his poverty might possess supernatural riches. You look like somebody Jesus died for. Somebody Jesus died for. I was going to show you a verse a while ago. Second Corinthians chapter number 4. 
and verse number 16. We don't come to church to underestimate God's power in our lives. This is what we do most times in church today. Contemporary church, we just come together to weaken grace. We slight his, 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 his power. Speak ill of his blessedness. Call his work a non-entity. Nonsense. And pray more for more grace. Why on the grounds of spiting and despising God's grace will you pray for grace and think you are sane? Something is wrong with your disposition. We are, we are just all mixed up. Clownish, unnecessarily humorous, jocularly jocose on things that border around life. We, we toy with people's lives and destinies. Rubbish whom they are and cut off progress that is possible. I feel that it will have been better for certain people not to attend certain churches. It will have been better for them to stay back and be fresh, gray people, gray green homes. We can teach God's word. Second Corinthians 1 verse 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away. There's a decay. The body is decaying. The body is dying. The body is aging. Your cells have been washed off. Skin cells. Not just dirt, dust. Salt nitrates have been washed off daily with soap. Also, dead cells, scaly cells of the most exterior layer of the skin. Cells are dying. Cells, waste substances from the body, from the organs of the body have been excreted released in perspiration defecated released in exhalation breathing out the body takes ill can be sick can be diseased, can be cut away. The body can be lost. In the case of lacerations, flesh crumbs and crumbs can be torn off in extreme accidents or impact on the body. The body is wasting away. It will end in death. Yet, inwardly, we are being renewed. The word renewed here is the word made new. We are being made new daily. The inward man I've been describing can never change. He remains new. One faculty of Christianity you find is the power of eternal life that keeps the inner man, the spirit within you knew by the day. He does not age. He does not decay. He does not die. He's never fatigued, sick, diseased. 
does not wane or falter. He doesn't grow frail, weak. He never fickles. He does not fag, flag, or fall out. The inner man remains new by the potency and the power of eternal life. And this is whom you really are. Henceforth, no, we, no man after the flesh. Christ himself we used to know after the flesh, but him we know no longer. Therefore, if any physical man we see like this being Christ, we know that on the inside, he has become a new creature. All things indeed are passed away. All things of the old man are passed away. But the new man is renewed by the day. Verse 17 of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Are you in church? I thank God for your life. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So, Paul began to thank the Lord for them. 1 Corinthians 1.4 I just thank the Lord for you. I'm really appreciative. Second, I mean, first Hebrews 10 and verse 14. You say, Pastor, why do you keep reminding me? I want to remind you this. It has to be your lifestyle of thinking. The things you think affect your mindset. The things you think affect your thinking. Prevalent thoughts determine your deeds. Your deeds form your charter of character. A man's destiny on earth does not go beyond the confines of his character. Your attitude will lead you somewhere very soon. It may be somewhere you cannot cope or a good place. People don't go beyond things they think. I preach at you this way so that you can think the word and think rightly and stop daydreaming, thinking things out of way with the scriptures. I want to God, you start thinking whom God made you. Stop thinking what the pastor calls you. He does not know the word. Your pastor is an illiterate. He doesn't know redemption. Stop thinking what the prayer man on the prayer mountain knows. He knows nothing. He has no time to read his Bible. Most prophets are lazy. They have no time to read their Bibles. They claim to be fasting. Talking nonsense. But I would to God that you start thinking what God thinks of you from the word. And when you find yourself in the midst of people that think of you poorly, poorly, or even positively tell them it's not about being positive or being poor. It's about thinking of me as a Christian. I'm a Christian. I have the seed of God on the inside of me. But I began to thank the Lord for them. Okay. For by one offering. Let's see from the NIV also. This is the truth of the word. You can't say, but sir, what about the Old Testament? We are not Old Testament people. We've been redeemed and bought by the blood of the New Testament. He said, this is the New Testament in my blood. We can't compare ourselves with Old Testament people because we are not. And you are not. You understand this, okay? 
Because by one sacrifice, he has perfected forever those who have been made holy. You are sanctified. You are specially graced, gifted, anointed, and empowered. Paul kept mentioning this. Philippians 1 and verse 3. Upon remembrance of you, he said, I thank my God always. When I think about you, I just thank God. Just thank God. I just thank God for the work of grace. I just thank God because you have been blessed. I just thank the Lord. Brother, play something. Play something gently on the piano keyboard. See, 2 Thessalonians 2 and verse 13. Let me sum this so we can close on time. You've stayed so long at Bible study. 2 Thessalonians 2 and verse 13. But we ought always to thank God for you. Brothers, beloved by the Lord, be cursed from the beginning. You know something? You are not a Christian by coincidence. You are not a believer because it was a wishful thinking on God's part. Yes. May I tell you the greatest error in the body of Christ today? The error of the things that are about to happen to you are things that are coming to you because we're going to pray for them. I said again. I said again. You really be blessed. You really be blessed as you fellowship here in the midst. So how do I get blessed? When I come to your church. Okay, who is more blessed? Who, let me ask you, who is more blessed? The person who attends Redemption Church of Redeemed Christian Church of God, RCCG. Or the person who attends Christ Embassy. Embassy. Who is more blessed? Who is more blessed? RCCG members or Christ Embassy members. You really be blessed as you fellowship here in the midst. You've been sleeping. Oliver, who is more blessed? The person who attends Zipala Bible Church or the person who attends Hooligans Christian Assembly. Ah, Oliver, which one are you saying again? Yeah, you're Oliver said the person who is born of Christ. Oh, you're what in the Oliver said again. It's not the church. Are you sure it's not the church? Oh, 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 you were thinking it's the church, but now you have had something different. Your eyes, okay. You used to think it was about the church. But then your eyes opened and God's word made your eyes open. Now you know it's only about church. Are you sure you really know this? Are you sure? Oh wow. 
Then you are really blessed for knowing it. Blessed art thou, Oliver, the son of Odewa, for flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto thee, but my father who is in heaven. Blessed art thou, Oliver, son of Odewa. Blessed art thou. You have all your damsels for keep. All of them for keeps. All of them. All five for keeps. Did you just hear this? I did not know I was not the only one in church. That's the point. That's the point. <laughs> you get it. Look, we don't emphasize what we got. And this is the key. This is the key. What you got by being separated from the beginning. understand what we've got. I've said this, I've used this analogy in this church over and 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 over again. When a child is born to a family, whom do we congratulate? When a child is born to a family, whom do we look up to? Whom do we appreciate? What are we seeing in a child? Who, who are we seeing in the child? Do you see the child and say, congratulations. Ah, I don't know what you're going to become. I don't just know with this your ugly head. I don't know with this way you're squinting like a cat. I don't understand. Would you think a father will allow you to do this kind of thing an assault on a baby? Some women got their babies jealous. They wouldn't even allow you to touch them. Say, ah, baby, greet, greet daddy. That is greeting you. You stretch your hand, the person moves back. Daddy, yes, sir. Thank you. You say, yeah, move back. You know. The baby is within the recovering of the father. The baby is representing the father's seed. The seed of the man. The seed of the man. The seed of the man. And you are looking at this child from the father's view. If the father wears a furniture maker, a carpenter, or a tailor, Lawrence says he's not a tailor, fashion designer. We know who a tailor is. With sassy, they call it sassy. You know what is sassy? Sassy. You know what it is? Scissors. With his big sassy, it's called scissors. is boxed up rich we know what to think if the father is a petty civil servant earning two thousand per month we know what to expect somebody somebody told me it starts from the naming ceremony someone said i determine a child's destiny from the naming ceremony i said how so if it's zoba and cabin biscuit i know the child will not end well except there's a change a change not the kind of change in nigeria i mean a superhuman transformation of the pocket but if it's not Zobo at the naming ceremony, and we start the very first first, hey, some naming ceremonies are dead destiny determinant. You know what I think about it? A friend said, if if you bring me to a preacher at your naming ceremony, and I'm there and you give me hundred thousand naira for offering as a preacher, I, I would prophesy many prophecies that God has not even spoken to me to prophesy. 
then I'm sure the baby will be great and strong. But if you come and you say, God bless you, sir. And the food is only a slice of bread. And zobo. With much prayer. You're on your own. So we always look at the children from the father. Why are we not looking at the Christian from God? Why do we always feel the Christian has to follow a particular order through a church? You are not whom your church makes you. You are whom Christ made you. Foreordained, pre-planned, predestinated. Something God did deliberately over my life. Paul thought about it. Paul acknowledged this. Paul thanked the Lord for this. Say, ah, I thank God for your life. It's worth it. I'm seeing something you are not seeing. I appreciate something about you you don't appreciate. And somehow we are a little um, down to earth on this. Somebody says, I love your haircut. It makes you more beautiful. Then you go and add something extra. You channel your strength towards that, that thing. Someone says, I just love your color. Oh, so you try to make yourself along that line more beautiful. If I say, I thank God you've been graced in Christ Jesus. Terrible, well, leave me alone. I'm not fine. Because you don't believe. Why not take advantage of the fact that from the beginning God chose you to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit. Look at the word sanctify. To make holy. To separate holy. Hagiazo. To separate holy. To put to the side as holy. To separate for distinction. Paul said, thank God. I cannot but thank God for your life. I can't, I can't but thank God. To be separated, blessed. I can't but thank God for your life. This is whom you are. This is not whom you become after we have prayed. Let's, let's see an order. Colossians chapter 1 from verse 12 unto 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Quickly. Colossians chapter 1, 12 to 17. Quick, 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 quick. Giving thanks to the Father. Just flow. Just flow with the sequence. Who has qualified and made us fit to share the portion which is inheritance of the saints God's holy people in the light the father has delivered and drawn us to himself out of the control and the dominion of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of the son of his love 13 in whom we have our redemption through his blood which means the forgiveness of our sins 15 now his exact likeness of the unseen God, the visible representation of the invisible is the first burn of all creation. 16. For it was in him that all things were created in heaven and on earth, things seen and things unseen, whether thrones, dominions, rulers, authorities, all things were created and exist through him by his service intervention and in and for him. 
verse 17 and he himself existed existed before all things and in him all things consist cohere are held together are you in church look into the bible look into the bible you will never find an emphasis on present predicaments you will never find an emphasis on the tortures and the trials and the tests and the tribulations look into the bible you will not find an emphasis on how to catch it how to receive it you will only find an emphasis on having got it you got it you made it heaven is not a goal it's an achievement we have been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son I'm certain and assured of heaven you ought to be certain and assured of heaven thank God for his good mercy thank God for his truth stand up lift your hands above your heads thank him for his goodness oh like a victim stop praying all those your prayers that show the devil is winning stop acting like you are worst hit hardest hit by situations start thinking the truth of redemption you'll be shocked if you can change this, your nauseating thoughts. This is your irritable thinking of how bad things are. So the thinking of the word, how your life will change. The miracle seed is on the way. It's a vision whose time has come. God that all the armies of the world put together is a vision whose time has come. The seed of power dwells on the inside of you. I want you to throw away all those your prayers, all those your prayers of unbelief and to begin to thank him for his goodness to you. If God did not do it, he won't say he did it. You are worth the price the price paid as ransom, ransom for your soul you are worth it the risk is simple what if it was just one person 
who received the work of grace God is saying it will have been worth it if God did it for one he did it for all if God could do it for all then he did it for one if it was just one person who received it it would have been worth it so let's thank him always in the place of prayer thank him instead of being discouraged thank him as substitute for your tears praise him the Lord is worth it thank God he deserves the praise great thing he has done on to the Lord be done